Hey everybody, Dave Hodges here, host of The Common Sense Show, the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. We're really glad you could join us. We're here for our semi-monthly annual economic report, ladies and gentlemen. I have to tell you that uh, Bob Kudla, who we're going to be interviewing in just a moment here, nailed it, and we're going to get into this too, the precious metals, the, the ag market. Um, okay, we got some interference on the line here. Um, okay, there we go. Uh, just switch channels. Anyway, we we talked about this the last time with Bob Kudla and uh, Bitcoin, precious metals, the ag chemical market, incredible, incredible accuracy on Bob's predictions. And um, we're going to get into talking about um, what's coming up next. We're on the precipice of some major political changes, but uh, the economic forces are going to have the final say. I think we're going to hear Bob say, and I totally agree with that. So, Bob, welcome to the show. And, man, I can't, you must have a crystal ball there in your basement. You know, Joe Biden has a teleprompter. You have your crystal ball because you nailed it. <laughs> well, I, I would like to think that I'm, uh, I'm Nostra, Nostra Bobbis, but um, actually I'm just counting on the human nature of the, of the fiat-centric you know, elites out there to continue to do whatever they need to do to keep themselves from swirling into the whirlpool of a deflationary collapse. And they're just, they're, it's, it's playing out almost to perfection. Yeah, it, it really is playing out to perfection and almost predictably because with all the uncertainty, all the volatility, all the fears about societal stress, people will always revert to what's safe. And that's what you called it last time we talked, among them precious metals. Yeah, so here's, here, here's, the, here's the thinking that goes into people that are in charge. They really have... Um, they really have two ways they could take something. And these people are politicians, so they always take the easy way out. It's easier for them to try to deceive and to slip things through people than for them to make something obvious. So what they've been doing, obviously, for the last 120 years is that they've been slipping inflation past everybody. And they make it sound like this is normal. And, and this is something that should be expected. In fact, this is something that should be celebrated, just like they do with global warming, just like they're doing with the pandemic, just like they do with everything they do. Everything's narrative driven because what they really need to do, they can't ever do. They can't solve the problem because the people that employ these people do not want to give up their wealth. And so, so they're saying, we don't care about inflation. We don't care what it does what it does to the little people because we don't care about them anyway. As long as we can subdue them, we're going to be fine. And it gets to the point where people start to notice from what I would call the lower end of the spectrum. And that's, I think that's what 2020 was all about. And in 2021 with, with food prices are going to start to move and, and energy prices are going to start to move is that it's going to become blaringly obvious. And you're going to start seeing what I would call dislocations. And look what happened this weekend, right? They, 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 you know, we've never, ever went after our political class. And they vandalized the, the speaker's home and they vandalized the Senate majority leader's yes. home. That's, yes. that's ballsy stuff. And that's, that's part of the breakdown that's going to happen where people just aren't going to uh, obey the, the rules anymore. And, 
And I think it's going to become when people start with these lockdowns. I mean, who who in their right mind is advising these people that this is a good thing? I mean, America is doing is is doing much better than some of the England. I don't know how England survives this, you know, with these lockdowns. I don't understand the logic of any of this stuff. They they they're they're putting themselves down some unknowable paths. At the same time, they just keep printing money. And, and it gets to a point where we're going to get a uh, situation where we talked about this before. I call it the inflationary depression where prices are high, but your ability to, to pay for these high prices are increasingly diminished. And that's where we are. It, it's, it's almost like a, I, I can't even think of the right term. It's, it's ironic that you're seeing these rising prices expressed in higher dollar values but also decreased packaging amounts but on the other hand you're you're right the small business has been devastated i, I was just reading bob that it was what was it 63 percent of all restaurants can't pay their rent yeah not just them i mean it's yeah it's just it's 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 um that and the, the, the amount of people that are living in in apartments that can't pay the rent oh, yeah. i mean there's there there is a reckoning coming that you know the banks think they're going to get away from this but they, they've created they recreated their own 2008 scenario again where where the it's going to be commercial real estate this time when and that's apartments that's class a space that's retail are all going to collapse i mean you just can't you can't avoid it. I mean, you know, you'd be an idiot to buy commercial real estate at, at, at these prices. It, it is just amazing. And you're right. And it, it kind of reminds me of 1929, not a perfect parallel, but it was how, you know, number one led to number two, number three, and then you had these domino effect. And this is kind of what we're going to, we're, we're seeing here right now, particularly with, you know, the rent exclusions, you can't evict anybody. Well, someday that's got to come to an end. Because if it doesn't, the people owning the properties are going to go belly up. The banks are going to be holding the note, and that's going to affect their bottom line. So here comes the domino effect. Yeah, I mean exactly, and and uh, you know, and it's going to be a hard-fought battle because you know uh, people that live in these these apartments vote, okay? The bank doesn't. So, you know, we were talking. Um, uh, before we came on the air with, with the group of people I, I trade with at, at Trade Genius and and you know it's the, the the banks and the elites there's a lot of useful idiots out there that are are thinking they're carrying the water and they're going to be the ones that are are going to be pushed in front of the of the firing squads and you know the they've been you know the they've been told you're going to be protected but they're not going to be protected the banks are going to get are going to get hit really hard you know, once again, and the people aren't going to be in a mood to bail them out like they did in 2008. And so it's not just that, you know, it's um, the tax revenue that comes from, you know, retail, you know, is is um, is enormous. And, you know, you, I mean, if the auto sales start to collapse on top of it, I mean, cities will go bankrupt. I, I don't think people truly appreciate truly appreciate the uh the how finely tuned this this ponzi has become and and you can see it now with the money moving into into bitcoin and to litecoin ethereum and into uh 
into the what I would call the hard assets because people are looking to be able to own something that's going to weather, you know, the response to all this. Because, you know, they, all these guys have been trained on how to defeat the Great Depression. And they're just going to keep throwing more and more coal on this thing until people starve to death. Yeah, but there's going to be a spillover effect because people aren't going to take this lying down. No, exactly right. And, uh, you know, in some ways, in some ways, it's it's a really, it's the, the cleansing is going to come from a different direction this time. So in the meantime, you know, um, I tell people that I'm in the lemonade business. I, I, I can't help what fruit they give me, but I can certainly squeeze it. And so... I just, you know, I just know human nature and we know how the elites prefer to solve this problem. And so, you know, they, they want a great reset. I, I just think the great reset's coming to them, Dave. I don't think they're going to be able to control this reset. I think they think they do, but the French aristocracy thought they could too. It's funny you'd make that parallel. Um, someone just said to me the yesterday, as a matter of fact, they're taking a let them eat cake approach because here, you know, I'm going to throw this at you. I know this will seem like a really weird idea, but, but the more I think about it, the more it kind of holds. Big debate over whether you have $600 per person that needs it or 2000 And my answer is in three months, who cares? Why not give them Bitcoin? Why not give them precious metals? Uh, give them something that has a chance to grow in value. And I, I, I know that's a really naive suggestion but throwing a failing currency at someone in such small amounts what is what good is that going to do yeah it's it's just the mollification they just think that uh um if you go ahead and and you know look we're look what we're doing for you you know and but they even blew that i mean you know they think the internet doesn't exist anymore you know nancy pelosi was telling everybody you know trump at at eighteen hundred dollars was was that's chump change, but then she championed six hundred dollars. So I think people are starting to see that all they care about is themselves even more clearly than they did before. You know, but I agree with you. You know, uh, they they're solving every problem but the one they're supposed to solve. You know, I've always been of the opinion the um, the best social program is a job, and that's the last thing they're trying to give the people is a job. You know, and uh, maybe they're gonna, maybe they're mollifying the African American community because they're used to being, you know, uh, pinned down and throw some money their way. But you know, there's other ethnic groups in other parts of the country that this is a new phenomenon for them, and they don't like it. Yeah, I, I don't like it either. <laughs> I don't have to be a member of any community. What's going on is is gross mismanagement. I mean, you know, I, I hate to beat a dead horse, but let's just be honest. The, the root cause of what we're looking at here, at least contemporary root cause, is the fact that we quarantined the healthy. And, and, uh, and the big box stores got preferential treatment over everybody else. And this has set into motion a spiral that's not going to easily be correctable. So people are going to be looking for alternatives outside the mainstream which doesn't bear well for the mainstream anyway go ahead and <laughs> please comment on what I just said yeah no I agree with you I, I think the whole 
the whole pandemic was an opportunity for them to uh, uh, to create an environment where they could say, look how look, we need to reset everything. You know, the problem with the pandemic was is that it's not as virulent in terms of, of the deaths that they thought it was going to be. I think they were hoping that it was going to be far deadlier and so that they would have more and more control. Now it's just becoming painfully obvious to people that um, it, this is just a manipulation like everything else. And so I think this was a test run for them to say, hey, look how we helped you this time. Now, now we need to do this for the next thing that we want to do, so on and so forth. And so that we can re-imagine um, the, you know, the economy. This is all based for the U.S. economy. Everything around the world is being positioned so that the U.S. loses its special ability to drive growth. And so make no mistake, you know, the Europeans are desperate, desperate to, to become relevant again in the world. And and they're, they're trying to... Uh, make the United States into um, basically back into a vassal situation. They accomplished part of it because they got a vassal king now with Biden, if you know, all that plays out. And now, now if they can put the economy down, you know, the, the Europeans with the, with the Pacific, with the Paris Accord, you know, they've never given up on any of this stuff. And that's their plan. I just think that forces are going to overwhelm all of that, and and I don't think they truly appreciate the uh, uh, the pushback that's going to come. Is this kind of getting into an underground economy, so to speak? Yeah, well, that's why I want to go with digital currencies, Dave, <laughs> to smoke out the to smoke out the underground economy. Yeah, you, you know? see, that's why I have to have people like you on to educate people like me, because it it just seems to me like this is a signal from the elite we're going to abandon the traditional because the traditional longer works because of how we handled the covid crisis and and so now we're going to go a different direction and all of you better get on board with it and i think that people like yourself and other investors they're going to look at this and go well you failed us once why should we listen to you now yeah i just think people are look they they anybody under 40 has been a product of the narrative-based education system, okay? So, you know, the, the government's getting the benefit of the doubt. And I think it's gonna take a democratic president that fails miserably to wake people out of their slumber. Look, they've had four years to blame everything, everything on Trump, okay? Even the imaginary, I know. Yeah, everything. And so if he's out of the way, that's why I tell people, this could be a blessing in disguise, okay, that, um, you know, you have a situation where they can't blame anybody anymore. And these people, they're not used to getting pushback, okay? They're not used to being told. You know, they're very, very privileged. And when things start going against them, they react in the worst possible ways that tend to lose them support. And so, you know, my, my own tinfoil is that Trump's making a big stink out of all this because he's creating himself to be a kingmaker slash martyr, okay? And he's going to sit in the sidelines, and he's going to create his version of Twitter. He's going to create his version of Fox News. 
and he's going to sit there and he has 80 million people already. Can you imagine he decides to start his own news empire? He'll have 80 million viewers on day one. I mean, you, you know, and, and that's powerful and he's out of power. So all he can do all day long is mobilize people. Well, I think and, those numbers are going to grow, Bob, because the people who did vote for Biden, uh, when they don't have jobs to go to and they can't put shoes on their kids' feet, they're going to defect. Yeah, and I think a lot of people, look, we know he didn't win the election, so we don't have to beat that dead horse. You know, so he, he didn't get 90 million votes. So so that I would say Biden's support is soft, you know, and, and, uh, and when they can't come through with all the promises— that they put out there, then then I think uh, I totally agree with you. People are going to be like, hey, maybe Trump was right. You know, and uh, look, he won the most admired, pop, most admired person. Okay. This is a guy that's supposed to be the devil incarnate, and he supplanted Obama as the most admired. So it just shows you his support is hard, and Biden's support is soft. And then Biden's not going to make it past six months. You know, you're going to have Harris in there. And she, she's like a fingernails on a chalkboard, oh, yeah. you know. And, That's uh, putting it kindly. And so I just think people are going to be so ready, and they're going to be like, oh, my gosh, what were we thinking? What did we do to ourselves? And and I think it's going to be a big turn. I, I, think, I think you're exactly right. But, you know, if history is any predictor of the future, I remember when Obama came in, and then you had the corrections, uh, 2008, 2009, big corrections. And he spent his entire first term blaming Bush. I think they're going to do the same thing with Trump. Yeah, yeah, but except, except that, you know, he's going to have a hard time with that because there's already numbers that say differently. You know, they're going to, just, they're going to blame the pandemic. And they're going to blame, you know, George Clooney already put it out there. You know, basically saying if Trump just advocated masks, he'd be president, you know, today. You know what I'm saying? They're basically saying Trump blew blew us a, a softball pitch, basically. So that's you're already starting to see the new narrative being formed here, except that Biden is such a poor communicator that after a while, it's just going to be you can't use surrogates. You have to use your own power of the bully pulpit and he just has no projection you know you just can't show up every two weeks and say something and look what they're doing with the inauguration already i mean he's he's he, he's not doing a parade well guess what he can't walk you know what i mean i know you know so everything they're going to blame on this pandemic and i think they're hoping to keep this thing going for another year to solidify power but i just think it's going to blow up on them because the states that are run by republicans are they're doing fine, you know, and, you know, and if they think the senators are just going to blindly vote for subsidizing Illinois, New York and, and California, um, I don't think so, because the senators in other states have to deal with their people. And Trump's going to be out there pounding it every day, saying, I can't believe they're taking money out of your pocket. Call your senator, giving it to de Blasio, they're giving it to Newsom, they're giving it to Pritzker, you know. And uh, and so their their support, you know, their ability to do whatever they need to do. And these governors, they they fell on their sword for the Democratic Party, and they're they're expecting huge payoffs to keep their states afloat. 
I just don't see how they can do it without paying off every other state, you know. And so I think there's going to be a lot of pushback on the approach that they're going to try to take to save the uh, save these um, <clears throat> political entities without supporting the people. Yeah, there is a irresistible force against an immovable object confrontation coming in that regard. I totally agree with what you're saying. And uh, it's like they painted themselves into a corner, and now they have to live in that corner. Um, do you know, the, one of the things, though, is you mentioned something about promises. And, and the only thing I saw with a promise was that orange man bad, he's gone. And the other promise was, well, we'll clean up the environment. And and all I've heard from the left is, unlike Trump, what he said he was going to do for us, all I've heard them say is what they're going to do to us. And um, I don't see them getting any support for their radical environmental programs because Wall Street's not going to support it because Wall Street's already wounded. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Anything the Democrats try to do is, is going to cause... Sh incredible short-term pain in an environment where people are already hurting you know if they want to do the paris accord or oil goes up you know you think people are going to like that no they're going to try to do what they call racial justice that means you're going to pull money from one ethnic group and give it to another well guess what we're multipolar ethnic country now you think you, you think the hispanics are going to like that no. I you know i i look at this and um and and um, my brother-in-law's wife is half Navajo, half Irish. You you see where I'm going with this argument? We could we could substitute any racial group, but it's such a ridiculous argument. It is. It's just it's silly. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm a multi-ethnic family, and uh, and I and I and I came from a multi-ethnic family. So you know, this thing where I I think I talked to you about this before. This this election with the last election they're going to be able to throw racism around i hope so yeah because it's just not going to play anymore i mean it trump, doesn't play most, trump, most people aren't racist that's the bottom line most i don't care what side you're talking about and most people are not racist well you live in a part of the country where i do where intermarrying is is considered a sport you know i mean it's common it, yeah it's common and uh and so people don't see things like that i mean you walk down the street here and you know intermarried re relationships are everywhere in fact you know my my daughter who's um half uh she's half native american half uh german okay and she they ask her because she she doesn't she looks she looks like what i would call common now like some people think she's filipino some people think she's spanish some people think mm -hmm. she's you know white you know and they ask her what are you she goes i am the future <laughs> and and uh, and her joke is it's that true. we're all everybody's intermarrying, and so so I think this thing's gonna is gonna come to a a grinding halt as the Hispanics gain political power because they know that it's at the expense of them that the this election was was being performed, and so I just think and I'm talking strictly from political point of view, so don't people don't read into anything other than. You know, the Democrats like to do things in think group think. And, and I think the, the groups that they think they're going to work, their, their calculations are going to have to change immensely. Well, I mean, I can't tell you the number of black people I've talked to going into the election 
just says, we've heard these promises for 30, 40 years from the Democrats and, and nothing has changed. Donald Trump put food on my table. Um, that I mean, I, this is what I've been told by actual people who are black. And I'm saying the wheels are coming off that old narrative. They don't apply any longer. And I don't know why people are surprised at interracial marriage because we have all the races in our country. It's normal. It's natural. We live together. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to yeah. happen. Yeah, absolutely. And and so so I just think, you know, this is really a, our conversation we're having is really more thinking and into the future. And here's the other thing. Yes. The North is being depopulated, so they're going to lose power in some of these traditional democratic um, enclaves. And and so the Democrats are going to get more and more radical voters, but they're going to have less of them. You know, the, my parents' generation is dying off. And, you know, my parents were staunch Democrats, but they were old Democrats. If Trump would have ran as president in 1960 he would have ran as a democrat in fact, yes that's correct trump he, is a democrat he's just a we just moved so far that he looks like a republican well he moved the republican party away from i think being neoconish to being centrist democrat of yesteryear i mean you, you look at what happened and we talked about this before in past shows but i think it bears repeating women uh blacks hispanics experienced record low unemployment under this president because of his trade policies and his mon monetary policies and and uh that's a democrat <laughs> that's what you'd expect to hear from a democrat and and he kept us out of war uh he refused to succumb to all the pressures to put us in all these wars of occupation um that's a republican that would have put us into wars i mean given recent history bush administration conquer seven countries in seven years um, to me, the game has changed so much. Trump uh, changed the landscape of the politics. There's no question. Yeah, and look, you know, I think the biggest mistake Trump made was he couldn't tone down his belligerence. Yeah, true. So I think he he that played well for a while, and uh, and you know, and you and I we we see past it, and I know people who know him personally. <clears throat> that um, this is part of his shtick. You know, he's really genuinely a nice guy, but he he's learned how to deal with with these people from his environment. But he's the president of the, the, in the entire country. You know, so this stuff doesn't play well in California. It doesn't play well in the Midwest generally. <clears throat> people that are are fed up with government like we are. Are, are saying, yeah, stick them in the eye, you know. But a lot of people are uncomfortable with conflict. And so um, that's why Biden was picked. You know, Harris would have been just Trump on the other end of the spectrum, and they would have hated her. Mm -hmm. But Biden, he, he, he's been doing this for 40 years. You know, he knows how to, how to give you a hug as the, as the knife's going into the back. Where mm -hmm. Trump, Trump yeah. just, brings, just brings a shotgun to the party. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're right about Harris, though, because she was, I thought, the person that the a lot of the elite wanted to see. But in the primary, she was so abrasive, despite having raised the most money, that no one could stand her. So she dropped out, and then they brought her back, you know, as vice president, where she wouldn't go through as much scrutiny, knowing that she'd take over. <clears throat> what is it about her that the uh, 
the uh, liberal elite want her to take over. Do you have any thoughts on that? She, she's moldable. She's whatever you want me to be. You know, she just wants to, she just wants to reach the pinnacle. She doesn't care. She has no compass. That's true. I would agree with you that. Know? And she's, and she's like, she's like drinking, you know, like, I don't mind equal tastes good. I hate, I hate a sweet and low cause it, ta- it, it, it tastes so obviously fake. She's just a human version of saccharin. That's a great analogy. I love that. <laughs> I'm going to have to borrow that. I'll make sure I give you credit, though. But, oh, you know, okay. all these things we're talking about, though, they come back to the bottom line, don't they? Yep. Yeah, you know, look, you need to, um, you know, it's fun to engage in these things. And I tell people all the time that, look, I want Trump to win, but I don't. I can't afford to be wrong, okay? So, you know, I, I can't I can engage in this from an intellectual standpoint, sure. but from managing money, I'm just watching the flows, okay? And that's that's what we do at Trade Genius is that, look, money's been sneaking in ever since this election into the commodity markets, you know? And, you know, you see it in copper, you see it in silver. You saw, I mean, so you see it in steel, you saw it in cobalt, you saw it in uranium, and then all of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, out of the blue, right, Bitcoin rockets, and then silver and gold start to just drift higher, and then we come into the new year here, boom, all platinum and palladium. You know, all these people, the smart money has been leaking out of what I call financial assets into these hard, hard assets because they know what the politicians need to do. And so, you know, for me, Biden versus Trump from making money standpoint is Mox Nicks. You know, I have a plan for both. It's just that what we need to have now is some certainty around what it is and then go for it aggressively. But I don't really care about the news, Dave. I just look at our algorithm and our algorithm is not like some Ouija board. You know, I know you joked in the beginning. It just simply looks at money flow. We see money coming in, we see money going out. We don't have to be the first in. We we just simply follow the big money and we ride along and we make money. And and the key then is to not get greedy. You don't stay into the bitter end, you don't get in at the bleeding edge, and you're gonna do extremely well. And so our ability is to then find those and then communicate those, and that's what we do. So we have chat rooms, we have signals, we have the indicator, we give people access to all three. And, you know, you can't help but make money with this system, you know, and, and that's what we do. I've seen it month after month. And when you say we, you can't help but make money with this system. And right now I kind of see like you're over here by the, by the cavern, by the cave, and you're holding up a lantern and you're saying, it's really bad out there. Hey, but it's okay over here. And, and that's kind of what I'm seeing you do, and you're directing people to the stuff that's going to work, not the nonsense that's going to be rammed down our throat uh, in terms of the mainstream media. Yeah, I'm looking at my portfolio right now as we're talking is, is that I'm long the metals and miners, and I'm short NASDAQ, and guess what today looks like? Oh, yeah. Metals I know. The miners are up, NASDAQ is down. The only thing that hasn't moved my direction today is it started, is energy is what started strong but slipped back with the market. But energy is going to be fine, too, because 
big money, the only place big money can hide, Dave, in these kind of crises, they move into oil. And as soon as Biden signs that Paris Accord, the price of oil is going to double over the next year. And so that's uh, that's how I play it. And um, and you know, and we just will manage it after the elections that we're going to have in Georgia. <clears throat> we're either going to stay the course or we're going to fine tune it. And then after we get certainty around, will Trump prove his fraud and maintain power? That's a plan. And if Biden gets in and we know the Senate results, then we know kind of what the next 90 days is going to look like, and then we just will follow the money flows into that. Yeah, I think that's such a good plan, and uh, I, I just kind of think of it, get out of that soon-to-be worthless currency and get into stuff that's going to work. And, and, and you know, really, what I, I thought about this this morning before we talked, Bob, and I was going to ask you about this. I, I see there being such a topsy-turvy economic situation when the Democrats come in that it's going to, and, and you have the Paris Accord nonsense, it's going to be a lot like the yellow vests. Remember the yellow vests that were uh, disrupting uh, France? Do, do, do you see that kind of backlash coming? I mean, people are going to obviously move their money uh, and move their financial interests, but do you, do you see this being disruptive in that way too? Yeah, I think... If, if Biden gets in, I think you're going to see a lot more of that because I think Trump's going to be able to mobilize people. Okay? He's going to be able to mobilize people. And I think the Democrats are going to see a mobilization of a, of a, a group of the population that, that they've never seen before. Okay? And, and, and I, I agree with you. But money's already moving. You know, there's a company called MicroStrategy that put out really thoughtful piece on why their treasury, this is a publicly traded company, why they swapped dollars, okay, in their treasury and they bought Bitcoin, okay? They said they, they're, they're now communicating to the marketplace that the Federal Reserve for the last 120 years have basically put a 2% tax on my cash in my company. So I can't even be prudent by holding cash because they're stealing it from me through a stealth tax. And and so that's the first time we've, we've seen a really big move in, in what I would call institutional recognition of all the currencies are bad. Yeah. And, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see more movement around. Well, in fact, it's just happening. Sprott just came out with a silver trust now. So you're, you're going to start seeing probably more treasuries saying we need a diversified portfolio of holdings that are liquid. You know, Bitcoin, you, people could say it's not liquid, but it's liquid. You can sell everything you want today. That's that's the definition of liquidity. You may not get the price you want, but you're going to be able to dispose of it versus if you had, you know, an office tower that you own and you try to sell that. It could be months, right, before you uh, you can dispose of that property. So you're going to start seeing, I think, a diversification away from holding dollars. And when I mean dollars, I'm using it in the most generic sense. Euros, yens, yuans. And they're going to hold it in other things like Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, uh, Sprott Silver, Sprott Platinum, Sprott Gold. I use Sprott just as a generic sense. You'll see more of those. They'll stay away from GLD and SLV only because the bankers run those, those trusts. You know, and and you know 
when a spot trust, they're, they're one for one. And so you'll start seeing more of that. So that's going to lift. China, look, the reason why copper shot up wasn't because of the EV revolution. It's copper's everywhere. The Chinese use it as collateral for their banking system. So, you know, it's really going to be fascinating, you know, how this is going to play out. And I think it's going to freak out. It's going to freak out the central bankers. And mark my words, Dave, you and I are going to have a conversation in the next 12 to 18 months on how the price of food is going to topple this whole thing. Because just think Arab Spring worldwide. Okay, you can't print while people can't import food. And, and we're getting to that point. And that's China's biggest vulnerability. And it's going to be really interesting as this thing plays out. It's funny you'd say that. I, I've seen these same market projections too. But try to convince the public of that. Um, you know, we sell, one of the things that we sell to our company is storable food. And our sales are okay. But they're not doing what I think they should be doing because I know the volatility of the market and what lies around the corner. Would you agree that we're eating this year's harvest? Yeah, oh, for sure. That's what they've been doing for the last two years. And, and um, you know, the, the tell for me was when China put export controls over their grains. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't say China. I meant the Russians. Excuse me. Um, the no, Russians, the, China, the Chinese have to bring it in, but you're right. Um, so the what China, do the Russians do exactly? Yeah, so the Russians have, um, they... they because of the Ukraine and, and the southern, the Odessa region, they can produce more grain than they need for the Russian population. Well, they put the kibosh on it this year. They put export controls on on, on grains because the, the Russians know, the Russians can't afford to be wrong. They, they can't play the parlor game of global warming. They can't be wrong where they lose, Putin loses his head. The Chinese put a law out there saying basically no more building on agricultural land, we need every acre, and then they now they're creating a a push for basically you know franken grains, right? They they want to have the GMOs and yeah, all that yeah. stuff and, and seeds because they know they can't feed their people, and so I watch what those people do because they don't have to worry about public opinion. Okay, they're they're they everybody operates in their best self interest. The Russians are holding back grain. They don't care if Egypt doesn't get it, right? as long as the Russians can keep eating. The Chinese, they don't care if their elites can't build more empty cities. They know if they can't feed their people that they're going to be dead. And so those are the things, those are the tells that I look for. And then prices are just going up. As you know, you talked about it. I bought a bag of chips for a football game. It was like I was carrying a football. They put so much air in the bag to make it look (laughs) big on the shelf. I'm like, what the heck is this? You know, it was like, it was like, um, it was like a, literally I couldn't even squeeze it. You know, it was like it was like totally full. And I'm just saying this is at this point, you know, people are like, OK, you know, I can't afford to eat. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and, uh, and, you know, and you can only roll down, you know, your food, your you know quality of your proteins before people are like saying this is America. You know, uh, I'm not putting up with this. Is that why they're talking in Europe about eating insects? And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to get you to become vegan and and eat your protein through insects because they know. Look, they know. They know. And, uh, you know, this global warming thing, everything the Democrats and liberals and the elites do are opposite. Whatever they tell you 
think opposite and you're 100% right. They talk global warming, they're fearing global cooling. You know, they, they, they're not, a, the Chinese are saying, you know, we're gonna fine you if you don't eat everything on your plate, you know, at a restaurant, right? And then the, the, the Europeans are saying, hey, insects are great, vegans great, you know, beef is bad because it causes global warming. No, beef is bad because you guys want to keep eating it and, and uh, the price is going to go. I mean, did you look at prime rib for the holidays? I yeah, mean, oh, yeah, yeah. I heard from my know, wife how bad it was. Right. She does the shopping and I heard. Yeah. So, you know, usually you can get that stuff. And the quality, if you got a cheaper piece of meat, you're looking at even Costco. I was going through the choice cuts of prime, prime rib and it, it, looked, it looked like high select to me. You know, the, the, it's just, so it's, it's, um, yeah. And people aren't going to buy it. I mean, there's an ick factor to all this stuff, right? So, you know, people aren't going to eat insects, you know, it's just the fact that they're, they're trying to sell people on it is tells you everything they want to tell you, you know, they, they don't want to have food shortages where they lose their heads, you know? And so, um, it's going to be, you know, it's fascinating to me, you know, I'm preparing, you know, so. I always make sure that I have three to six months, you know, and uh, uh, in America, it's going to be really food shocks. The rest of the country, it's going to be really, really bad news. Yeah. Well, my feeling, and this kind of leads us back into trade genius, is you guys go ahead and play this continual game that's losing for everybody. And you'll see me over here with my gold, and I'm going to be storing my food, and I'm going to be looking for alternative investments that play on the volatility model. And, and, you know, this is what the smart people are going to do. So, and I know you capitalize that on, on trade genius. So let's, let's give people an idea of, well, let's expand on what I just said. You play on the volatility of the market. Um, in other words, you're reactionary to the market, unlike a lot of investors who just kind of do the same standard thing 24 seven. Yeah, look, most people are passive. And so they're just going to follow uh, whatever their, uh, uh, their financial advisors have and other people are you know when you use the word reactionary we're, we're in a sense that we'll follow the trend and then you have other people that what I call FOMO they'll see something moving one day and they jump it and when they're really being set up for a, a reversal so you know what we do what we think we have is something that we know works because we've been doing this for a long time this way and it's based on money flow so you know, how our system works is called the ribbon system. And uh, it just sees the, you know, the, uh, the change in the environment. And, you know, we start looking at weekly charts. And then when we start seeing sectors that are starting to get bid, we roll right down to our trading chart size, you know, either 15 minute or the four hour. And we start looking for buy signals. And our system has alerts built into them that we can teach people how to set alerts up for themselves. And then every day I put a trade out there. And, and, and look, I'll give you one IPI. I told people when it was at 1580, I said, buy this thing at $16. Don't care what it does. It's going to hit 22. Okay. This was like in the middle to the end of November, mm -hmm. but last week it hit $25. Wow. Okay. And, and so I said the same thing with Hecla mining. I said the same thing with CCJ. I have people now in MOS, you know, mosaic and, and, uh, and then we just, pushed a good position in SLV last week. Silver's been lagging. And and uh, we're also in PLG, which is a platinum miner. These are longer term plays. I tell people these are where, where the movement is going to happen. And also Quad U, which is UUUU, which is uranium. We bought it at $2. 
it's at 407 um i think it's at over four dollars too let me look here real quick it's sitting at 392 and so these these things are macro plays and then within that we're just trading in and out of of things in those sectors and you know tideless all boats and how we do it is that we we give you access to the ribbon system we teach you how to use it this is no guru centric company we we want you to know how to make money and and that if at some point you want to go out on your own we're giving you the tools to do it and and in the meantime you're in our chat rooms you're in our getting our signals you know you're able to ask me questions all day long i get i have a chat room running all day long i'm answering questions you know constantly and so that's what that's what we do and it works well and if people want to take advantage of it you know you know just go to tradelikeagenius.com and uh check out our specials i think we left the new year specials up until the end of saturday if not you can use promo code winter we pre-discounted the bundles and um so you know 65 percent off our normal pricing we left that for your your people dave okay great by saturday by saturday at midnight yes sir okay i'm just writing myself a note here so i can put that into the program notes that's a really good offer I know the non-bundled, I think I remember that's 50%. And again, the coupon code is winner. So, um, and we'll be posting that too. So if you say, oh, I can't remember that, Dave, that's okay. I'm going to tell you people right now listening to this, this is off the beaten path. It's, it's traditional investing, but it's off the beaten path right now because the beaten path is losing and losing badly. And uh, the examples we use, like the packaging, the inflation, uh, all that stuff, folks, I'm telling you right now, the game has changed. You cannot shut an economy down for nearly a year and not see these effects. But there are opportunities when that volatility, and that's what I think we're hearing here. Um, sounds really good to me. Um, how did you do uh, since our last, um, well, you kind of told us, since the last time we've talked, you, you, you've made 200% on one trade I heard. And um, it's it just like, is that is that volatility stuff that we're dealing with? Yeah, it's also things that we know are going to move or are moving. Yeah, okay. And so, you know, so yeah, so I mean, it's and our track record's on the website too, so so people can can absolutely take advantage of it. I mean, look, I'm just looking at my thing right now. So we have, you know, and we're in trades three to five days, so it's not like we're right. you know long term trades. I mean, we average three percent a week. You know, you're talking three times fifty weeks. You you know, you're looking over triple digits for you know games that are the stuff that we're we're trading, but you know, we're talking about the IPI trade was up. Um, yeah, I'm looking, pulling it up right now. It was over 36%. It went up even higher. Wow. You know, I mean, there's, there's, we've been in USAU 11%, MAG 8%. These are two or three day uh, trades. Mm-hmm. You know, silver's up 5%. You see, for even more today. You know, so uh, we were in SQQQ. We got into it last week, and now that trade's up 5% today. So that's how we trade, and and we don't get greedy. So a lot of people are like saying, "Oh, Bob, you know, buy the EV stocks." Well, guess what? E- you know, one of the EV stocks called Blink hit fifty-six dollars today. It's at thirty-eight. We're talking three days later. So the people that chase the Robinhood trades, they have no idea that you can lose all the gains from the beginning, even before you bought it, within a week. Because you're chasing, you're chasing flash. You know, we're buying value and we're moving with the market. These people, 
they're, 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 they're like in sugar high trades and they just reverse hard. Look at Apple. I mean, Apple went to almost at 140, it's down to 130 in a week. You know, that's a $2 trillion company. People lost hundreds of billions of dollars. So, you know, we like to buy things that are in the ascendancy and we try to avoid the flash. Exactly. The yeah. That's why I tell people, you know, if you've got discretionary income, you've got assets you need to protect. This is a good way to put it in and also create a second revenue. Uh, I, I think you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. So let me just review this real quick here. Uh, password New Year's or winter, non-bundled 50% off. The bundled is built in 65% off. And the offers are good until Saturday at midnight and then they disappear. This has been very productive discussion because I like what you're doing. You're providing people with a workable alternative because... Otherwise, they can sit and wait for their $600. Um, yeah, what a mess. Well, Bob, it's been very informative and great having you on. I look forward to the next time you come on with your updates. Yeah, Dave, thanks for having me. Happy New Year. Same to you, Bob. Bye-bye.